But I, I was just, you know, asking God, what is it you want for tonight? And I felt like he said, I want you to teach on Thanksgiving, the importance of a lifestyle of Thanksgiving, a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. You know, we always talk about Thanksgiving around this time frame because we're here we are again. Can you believe we're in Thanksgiving already almost? Where did October go? Oh, my goodness. And we have how many days till Christmas? It's not very far. And so, yeah, yeah. So uh, so we're into the whole, you know, Thanksgiving month again. And um, I, you know, like to post on social media something I'm thankful for every day of Thanksgiving or uh, November. And But I thought, you know, why is it that we only focus on Thanksgiving during Thanksgiving time? And so I want to challenge us. We're going to do a challenge. Are you up for a challenge? I want you to be thinking about extraordinary, intentional ways that you can be thankful for things. You know, in 2020, we were super thankful for toilet paper, were we not? I mean, come on. Thankful for electricity when we went through that storm. Thankful. I mean, Braden went on and on about all the things he was thankful for, you know. And uh, he does that at night when he prays for us. He prays over the house. And he, thank you, Lord, for angels. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. He covers everybody in here. And he covers your dogs and your family, your beyond family. I mean, he covers it all. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> but it's good. He's got a thankful heart. And that's the way it should be, right? But I want to just challenge you tonight to think out of the box. You know, I heard this. I don't know where, where they got this from. But I heard that the children of Israel actually became, after they complained so much, they actually had to find, they were creative in their ways of being thankful. And this is going to sound gross to you, but they were thankful that they had ways of relieving themselves, of going to the bathroom. They had ways of getting rid of things that needed to get. How many have been thankful that you can get rid of some things sometime? <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, there's so many things. In August, I went through a month of just being attacked in my body. And, boy, howdy, after about, you know, four weeks of it, uh, I was thankful for health. How many are thankful? How many get up in the morning and say, God, thank you for my vision. Thank you that I can walk. Thank you that I have family. Thank you for my provision that I've got a house and a bed and you know, I, I heard a testimony of a girl that had been raped, and she didn't have a house, and she uh, didn't have a job and no money and all these things, and she got a hold of uh, faith and believing God and prayer, and uh, some things turned around, and, and she said, you know, I don't have a bed. I sleep on the floor, but I have a house now, or I have a place to live, and I'm safe, and I'm thankful. Just a little bit of belief and a little bit of prayer made such a huge change, and I'm so grateful grateful that I can lay on the floor in a place that's safe. Isn't that amazing? And how much greater are we blessed with so many things? But it's a trick of the enemy to get us to focus on the things that we don't have, right? The things that we wish were better. You know, that was how the whole fall began with Eve. She thought she could be better. She thought there was a different way. And that's what the enemy brings to us is thoughts about Maybe this could be better for me. You know, if you don't like your spouse, somebody else might like your spouse. So you might be thankful for those socks that you get to pick up. <laughs> those, uh, those, you know, bad breath in the morning, whatever it is that you might be dealing with. There's somebody else that will put up with some of those things. So you better be thankful for what you've got. Amen. And so um, I want to talk about that. You know, I was, how many here wear contacts? 
or glasses you wish, you wish. Why? Oh, well, you can wear contacts. But, you know, I wear contacts, and I, um, I'm one of those bad ones that I don't take them out. At night, you're supposed to. You're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. So after a while uh, with my contacts, you know, there's some things, some film, and some. you're supposed to take them out and put them in this little doodad thing, and, and it cleans them. And uh, I have some new ones that about every two or three or four or five months I... Uh, I change. I know I'm bad. And so um, I know. Anyway, so they gave me this little device and you're supposed to put it in every night and put this fluid in there and it's supposed to clean it every night. And so ever so often I can start to tell, actually on the way here I was putting drops in, I could tell my contacts are getting dirty. I can, I can just feel, you know, stuff. And it hinders my vision and it hinders the comfort of my vision. And the comfort of my vision hinders me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you've probably seen me up here before. I've been, you know, trying to fix something. Or even when I've been, I've taught before and I've had something in my eye, it's just, it's a pain. I can't focus. And it's a distraction. And it hinders me from being able to operate and flow the way I need to. Well, the Lord was sharing with me today when I was preparing this. He said, that's the way it is with an ungrateful heart. Because you start to see things out of dirty films. You start to, if you're not on purpose being thankful for some things, then all of a sudden there's this film that is created over your eyes and you start to see people in your family, maybe usually it's the closest ones, people in your church, uh, maybe your pastor, I don't know. I don't know how you could ever not like me, but you know, but anyway, I'm teasing. But um, it starts to create something where you're, it hinders your flow, how you can operate on a day-to-day. I mean, I'm sure like if you're doing, I can't imagine a pilot having problems with his vision or somebody who really, maybe putting a needle in somebody's arm, you really have to be able to see well. And so if you've got something hindering your vision, it's a problem, right? You can't see right, you can't function right. And that's the way I think it happens when we have an ungrateful heart. We start to see things that aren't really there. We start to become irritated by things that maybe aren't a big deal. They become bigger. I mean, sometimes when I take my contact out and it's this teeny tiny little thing on there and I'm thinking, that is what was creating so much pain in my eye. And that's the way it is when we become ungrateful or we're not on purpose intentionally being thankful for things is we have this thing in our eye, and you know there's a scripture about that, that we start to see everything out of that place, out of that vision. Uh, I, I have said before, when, when it, you become offended, when you're not grateful, offense can set in. And I'm not talking about offense tonight, I'm talking about a grateful heart, but it's a part of being ungrateful offense comes in and you everything you see and hear is through these different glasses these different ears you're like I'm hearing this and you know and I've had people tell things to me that uh you know in the past no one here but um you know quoted a scripture that I had quoted online and and chastised me over it and I thought how can you be offended at that uh you know Upon this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell. And I thought, it's because you are offended at me already. And because you haven't been here, and I said something that kind of 
jerked your chain a little bit. And because it, it, it hurt her heart a little bit, instead of dealing with it and facing it and saying, you know what, maybe I need to change some things, you know, God corrects the ones he loves. And that's what we're here for is to help guide and correct. And if the correction is needed and the word is what brings the correction, and if we can't receive from the word of God, then maybe we need to look to ourselves and say, maybe I need to take my contacts out and clean those contacts out because there's something that's causing offense in my life and I need the Holy Spirit to show me what it is. So that was all free. So 1 Corinthians 8, 3, let's start there. Are y'all good? 1 Corinthians 8, 3, but if one loves God truly with affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, and grateful recognition of his blessing, he is known by God. Did you see that? Grateful recognition of his blessing. How many have ever done anything for somebody and they just never even recognized it? You just, what would it be like if I made a big, huge meal for my husband? He walked in, he could smell it. Y'all have heard him talk about how much he loves roast. He walks in the house, he smells it immediately, he's happy. Just the smell of it makes him happy. How about if he came in the house, I've prepared this big old meal, he smells it, sits down, eats, gets up, burps, doesn't say anything about gratitude or anything. I'm just, I just put that in there. And, uh, and walks away and leaves me the mess and never says one thing about how grateful he was. That would kind of make me a little bit perturbed, right, ladies? You kind of say, wait a minute, I did that for you, and you could at least say thanks. Well, it's kind of the same way with God here. He's, he's wanting, he's looking for us to be grateful and recognize his blessings. How many are blessed? We are blessed. We've already established that. He is known by God. Did you see that? He's known by God. When you recognize his blessings, he's known by God, recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love, and he is owned by him. Wow. Well, that scripture right there should give you enough reason to say thank you, God, every morning you get up for your blessings in my life. And this one, Philippians, I don't know, did I give this one to you? Philippians 2, 14 through 15. You guys know this scripture, it's familiar. Do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining. Does all things mean all things or just partially? All things, all things. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining against God. Now, you might say, well, I'm not complaining against God. I'm complaining against my spouse. I'm complaining against my kids. I'm complaining against other people. But guess what? When you're complaining against other people, you're complaining against God because they're the child of God, right? And, the, and God is hopefully living on the inside of them in your family. And when you complain against someone in your household, you're complaining against God because he gave them to you, right? And questioning and doubting. Have you, have you guys ever been around somebody who's cynical? There's a lot of cynicism right now in this world right? Just kind of kind of an attitude like, eh, and always questioning what you're thinking, always doubting what you're saying, and kind of in a um, antagonistic thing, kind of a spirit about it. You guys know what I'm talking about? I feel like it's really prevalent right now in our world today. Just this antagonistic, anything you say, there's always question. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I don't believe, well, what about this? Just arguing back and forth, back and forth. It's this constant. Even when you're driving, I'm noticing you have to kind of drive defensively. People are just like, get out of my way. You know, there's this attitude on the road and Man, I, I just, I'm like, okay, Lord, 
bleed the blood all over my, send the angels all around. Because I feel like the conversation comes out on the road. You guys feel that way or is it just me? Are you all awake? So, so it's like this, this questioning and this doubting amongst yourselves. We should be for each other. We should be for each other. There should not be this, well, did you see what Pastor Kim was wearing? She's wearing those cowboy boots. She's not a cowgirl. I don't know why she's wearing cowboy boots, even though somebody gave them to me. It's okay. But I might as well wear them, right? But, you know, just questioning, even questioning, you know, I mean, we're supposed to line everything up with the Word of God, but there's, there's, it goes beyond sometimes where you feel like, you know, people are against you. Have you felt that way? And that is what the scripture is talking about here. We're not supposed to be doubting each other. We're not supposed to be cynical towards one another. We're not supposed to be criticizing one another, judgment, judging each other, right? We're supposed to be for each other. That you may show yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated. What are you contaminated with if you're not doing this? I would say it would be strife. And we've said this before, that strife is the manifest presence of the devil. And that's not the will of God. Children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation. That's where we're at, right? Spiritually perverted and perverse. We are there. We are there. Among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. We are in a dark world. We got lots going on in our world today. You all, you all know that. I don't even have to talk about it. There's lots happening. And I feel like this is pivotal for us right now because in the midst of everything that's going on, we need to be thankful. We need to be grateful. We don't need to get caught up in what's happening. We need to be prayerful and mindful of things. We don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be... Uh, uh, anticipating the worst we need to be educated we need to have wisdom but in the midst of that don't lose your thanksgiving card don't lose your thanksgiving card and you all have heard us talk about being thankful and i'll talk about it some more tonight but a hundred times thanks or thanksgiving is in uh, the bible and we're told 73 times to give thanks 73 times i would say that it's important if we're told that many times to give thanks, right? Every time we release thanksgiving, there's a release of power. Every time you release thanksgiving, there's a release of power. So inverse of that, every time you're releasing complaints, there's a release of some kind of power, and it may not be the power you hope for. You're releasing some power with complaints. You're opening doors to the enemy. You're, you're releasing the power. I mean, you all know the, the power of the tongue, and I don't have time to go into all that, but it's so important that we're mindful of what we're saying, that the word says that there's life and death and the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So what kind of fruit are you eating or participating in in your life right now? And look back and maybe think, wait, I framed my worlds with the, with the sound of my voice, just like God. He gives us that power. He gives us the authority to frame your world. So what you're living now is what you spoke probably last year or last few months. And so if you don't like how you're living now, then change what you're saying. And start out by getting up in the morning and thanking God that you've got breath, that you can walk, that you can talk, that you've got family, that you've got provision, that God's making a way of escape where it seems like there is no way, because that's what he does. The word says it. Amen? He watches over his word to perform it. He's ready to perform something in your life, so you better be speaking something over your life besides gloom and doom. 
right? So we got to say something, pot, and don't just be quiet. We've said this over and over. You lose by default if you're just quiet. You've got to say something. You've got to speak the word only over your life. I didn't put this in there, but I, I did this afterwards, so my mind kept going after I sent you the, the uh, stuff. Numbers 14, 3 through 7. I want to read this to you. You guys know this story. This is about the uh, uh, children of Israel. They were, you guys know the story. It took them how many? 40 some years to go 11 day trip. I was thinking back 11 days was uh, October 7th. What were you doing on October 7th? 11 days. They took 40 years to take 11 day trip. But you know why God he sent them the hard, long way because he knew they weren't ready for the battle. They weren't ready for the intensity of what was coming. Every time we go into a new level of intensity and what God's doing in our life, a new level, there's always a new devil. You guys know that. And so God has to help us through. We've got to build some spiritual muscle to get through something because if he were to push us right into a place of uh, you know, the promised land, the promised land came with some new giants, came with some new things that they were going to have to face. But had they not gone through the valley on, and into the other side of it, they would not have known how to make it. See, some of y'all are going through some stuff right now and you're saying, why God, why? Why me, God? But he has a way of escaping. It is through Thanksgiving. It is through Thanksgiving, and if you'll do it his way instead of trying to do it your way, your way is always the hard way. His way is always the easy way. Quit leaning on the arm of the flesh and start leaning on the arm of the Spirit. Get over into that place where you're walking by the Spirit. You're led by the Spirit. You're hearing. Do you know you can hear the Spirit speak about what to say and what not to say for your spouse and for your children? It's not just for when you're out in the world and when you're dealing with difficult people in the world. It's for the house, and it's for the household of faith, too. When we come together, there might be something you're supposed to say, and there might be something you're not supposed to say, but that's all up to the Holy Spirit on the inside, the guide on the inside to lead you and help you and train you in the way you should go. That's the training of the ear, the spiritual ear to know what to say so that when you get out in the world and you start dealing with all that craziness and all the cynicism and all the criticism and all the judgment and the, and the demonic activity that's going on in the world, you know we're not wrestling against flesh and blood but we're wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, and they've intensified. Y'all know that. Can I get a witness? And so, and y'all, being in the medical field, you're, you're dealing with one of the top areas of demonic activity. Uh, uh, hospitals, jails, and colleges, schools. <laughs> That's the top areas of demonic activity right now. And so you guys got to be prayed up and ready to be led by your spirit instead of being led by what people are coming at you with and the disease and the things. Because um, you've got the answer. You're the light, like that scripture that we read. So Numbers 14, 3 through, 3 through 7. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Here they are complaining. Why? Why, God, why? Have you ever had the whys? Be careful about the whys. Our wives and our little ones will be a prey. So here they are kind of bringing God the, oh, 
poor us. It is not better for us. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? We just want to go back to Egypt because it's just going to be easier there. At least we were taken care of. At least we had food. At least we had somewhere to lay our head at night. And they said one to another, let us choose a captain and return to Egypt. They were ready to change their leader. They started blaming it on their leader. It's Moses' fault. It's all his fault. We'll just get a new leader. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the Israelites. And Joshua, son of Nun, Hayden's always asked me, he's not the son of Nun. He had to be the son of somebody when he was a little boy. And Caleb, son of Jephunneh, I don't know how you say that, Jephunneh, um, who were among the scouts who had searched the land, they rent their clothes, they ripped their clothes. And they said to all the company of Israelites, the land through which we passed as scouts is an exceedingly good land. So they had already recognized these were the future leaders. These were the ones that were being led by their spirits. These were the ones that recognized, wait a minute, that land is, is good. You guys might be overwhelmed by the giants, but we're overwhelmed by the goodness that we're seeing on the other side. We're not moved by what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're hearing. We want to get to God's promise. And so it goes on in verse 8. It says, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Notice, they didn't just think about it. They said something. They said, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us to this land flowing with milk and honey. And I think they said that because they were declaring, God delights in us. He does delight in us. And he will take us to the land flowing with milk and honey. We are not going to be overwhelmed by our situation, our circumstances. We cannot be overwhelmed by the, the, the media and what's going on in our world today. We cannot be moved by society and the depression and the anxiety. We cannot be moved by these things. We are the light of the world, and we have to get a grip and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we're filled with the Spirit, it'll come out and, and we'll be able to be a witness to others. Amen? And we'll be able to lead others. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Well, how are they going to rebel against the Lord? Doubt and unbelief, complaining. Do you know doubt and unbelief and complaining as a rebellion against the Lord? Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread to us. We're going to eat them up. Their defense and the shadow of their protection is removed over them, but the Lord is with us. Fear, fear them not. There's a whole lot there. We don't have time to go into it. Numbers 14, 26 on down, it says, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is God speaking, he said, How long will this evil congregation murmur against me? Here God was giving them an opportunity. He had laid some things out in front of them. How many have some desires in your heart and they're kind of in front of you? You've, you've got some things and they're kind of big and you know it's, it's in your future. You don't know how long it's, it's going to take you to get there and it seems like it's too big. There's just too many giants, too much money owed, too many things in front of me. I don't know how I'm going to get there. What are you saying about it? I want to challenge you. What are you saying about your circumstances right now? Because faith speaks the word and declares what God is going to do. Not just what he can do, but what he is going to do. He is going to do. Amen? And you got to get in line with it or you're never going to see it happen. You have to get your mouth in line with the word and the promises or you're never going to see it happen. You're going to be like the wave tossed to and fro like uh, James talks about. You never receive anything because you're just tossed around too much. Yeah, you're a double-minded man. 
unstable in all your ways. Uh, God says, I have heard the complaints. God hears our blessing, our thanksgiving, and he hears our complaints. The Israelites murmured against me. How do you think they murmured against him? Because he gave them a promise, and he said, here, I want you to have this. And they said, nope, there's too much in front of us. We can't get to it. And they complained and said, no way. And God took it personal. Do you know God takes it personal when we complain about our lives, the provision and the things that he's given us? Yesterday's blessing might be a, a, a challenge for us today. And there's more to be had. And so we're too caught up in yesterday's blessing or yesterday's loss to be able to see God bring us through on the other side for tomorrow. So we get caught up in that. We start murmuring, complaining. And we're murmuring and complaining against him. How dare we do that? And I'm guilty of it. I'm, I'm stepping all over my feet. I'm just, I'm just telling you what, what I'm going through myself. There's things that we're believing God for with this church, with some things personally. And God's saying, you better step it up or you're never going to see it. You better start moving towards it or you're never going to see it. So it's time for us to step up as a church, amen? It's time for us to start believing for signs, wonders, and miracles, and we're going to have them. We're going to have a full house. We're going to have uh, resources that we need to be able to move forward with what we need to do to fulfill and, the, and accomplish what God has called us to do, amen? Amen. Praise God. Okay, so as I live, says the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do it to you. Wow, they complained and they remained. They did not see the blessing. Now, the ones that spoke the blessing, Joshua and Caleb, they did. They, they went to the other side. Those were the leaders. Those were the ones that went to the other side. See, it's the ones who are speaking the word, the ones that are in faith. Those are the ones that are going to see the goodness in the land of the living. Amen? So there's power in your words. And, you know, thank God for grace. We're so thankful that we have grace in this hour, but we have to activate the power of grace with a grateful heart. Amen? Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, 19. Are you with me? I'm going as fast as I can. And we earnestly beseech you, brethren, admonish, warn, and seriously advise. I would say this is a big warning. <laughs> we admonish, warn, seriously advise those who are out of line, the loafers. Do you know a loafer? What does a loafer mean? What's a loafer? So it takes their time, casual, nonchalant. How about lazy? What, what's he talking about here? Being a loafer in your faith, being a loafer with the word of God, being a loafer with the kingdom of heaven. God's called us for such a time as this. He's called us for a purpose. When you pass on and see him in glory, there's only going to be one thing that he's going to ask of you. He's not going to ask how much stuff you had. He's not going to say, you know, what'd you do with your life? He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you to do? What was the purpose that I gave you? And what did you do with it? And the excuses are not going to stand. We've got to be uh, uh, pursuing what he has for us to do. Amen? And so I believe this is part of what he's saying here is don't be a loafer with what I've called you to do. The disorderly and the unruly. God forbid we're unruly. Encourage the timid and faint-hearted. Help and give your support to the weak souls. And be very patient with everybody. Be very patient. Did you know that this is a part of the command? This is a command for us. Be patient with everybody. 
How many are good with patience? No, son, no hands are needed. <laughs> Always keeping your temper. Uh-oh. Always keeping your temper. Ho. Oh, there's a moth in here. Always keeping your temper. Okay, every one of us have probably fallen, <laughs> fallen short <laughs> in this area, right? I won't, I won't go there too far, but this is the command, okay? This is the command. Are you covering up because of me and what I'm saying or because of the moth? Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. She's like, oh, that's... Uh, um, See that none of you repays another for, with evil for evil, but always aim to show kindness and seek to do good to one another and to everybody. We're supposed to seek out doing good. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. One translation says rejoice always. Always means always. I know it's really hard, but always what? Every time, all the time. Be unceasing in prayer. This is a big old commandment here for us, a command. Be unceasing in prayer. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstance may be. Be thankful and give thanks. How many have ever been in a situation where it's challenging and you didn't like it and you said, thank God that I'm here? Now, I, I know that could be challenging to, to say, you know, and you all know our story. We've been through a lot with our kids but you know what? I look back now and I'm saying thankful. I'm saying thank you, God, that you helped us. And now we can help others because of what we've gone through. We've, gr we've grown some muscle in these areas. Had I not gone through these things, I wouldn't know how to help somebody. It's kind of like training, like medical training. You guys have been trained in a field and now you know how to help people with things. And you're thankful for that training. It wasn't easy probably. I can't even imagine. How long did you go to school? 96 hours, three years. Oh, 96 hours a week for three years. Wow. So, and I know different ones. Buddy went to, you know, my husband went to college. Buddy went to college, uh, graduated with honors. All that stuff took some time and some money. You did something to earn something to help people. And it was challenging and it was hard, but aren't you grateful you're on the other side and now you've got something to show for it and you're able to help people. This is the same thing. We're in Holy Ghost College. We're learning. And so when we're in the middle of something that's challenging, I want to challenge you to say, thank you, God, that I'm in the middle of this and I'm learning something. You might as well thank him because you're there. You might as well. Not, I'm not saying thank you for the sickness. Thank you for those. I'm not saying that. I'm saying thank you, God, that you're helping me get through this. Thank you, Lord, that you're my strength, you're my peace, and I'm getting to the other side. Just don't stop in the middle of the, the water. He's going to take you through to the other side if you'll keep walking. But if you stop and start looking around and saying, look at this mess. I'm sick and tired. I've been here for 10 years, a waste of my life. Look what I've gone through. What did I do wrong? I must have done something wrong. And you just stay there because all you're doing is looking round and round and round and round. And eventually, you're just going to be stuck. But if you can say, thank you, God, I'm learning something here in the midst of it, guess what? He always makes a way of escape. You know what that, that way of escape is? In everything, give thanks because it's the will of God. It's the will of God for you to give thanks. The number one will of God for you is to give thanks. And that way, that thanksgiving is a way of escape. It's for you to say, oh, this is how I, 
This is the way, walkie in it. This is how I'm getting out of this. Thanksgiving is your way out. And if you've been stuck somewhere for a long time, I would say get your Thanksgiving card out and get it on your lips and start saying something about how big your God is because he is able to make all grace abound to you. Amen? Okay, what verse was I on? You guys weren't watching. <laughs> Help! Thank God in everything, no matter what circumstances may be. Uh, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God. That's the one I just quoted. Uh, do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Do you, perhaps this has something to do with quenching the Holy Spirit, being thankful or not. Do you think we could be quenching the Holy Spirit by being ungrateful, by complaining? I think so. Guilty. Guilty is charged. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations, nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. That's what I'm doing right now. This, and I, there's a whole write-up on this, and I didn't want to get into it, but this is not talking about prophetic words that come from prophets. This is talking about just utterances, exhortation, encouragement, warnings. This is what I'm giving to you right now. This is a warning. This time that we're in right now, we have to be thankful. It's our way of escape. Through this time that we're going through, all the stuff that's going on with Israel and all the things, the threats and things that are coming against America, it is our way of escape. We have to be thankful every day for what God's provided for us because then angels are dispatched. We either are dispatching angels or we are loosing more demonic activity with our tongues. So we better be careful. All right? Let's see, First, uh, uh, verse 21. But test and prove all things until you can recognize what is good. To that hold fast. Abstain from evil, shrink from it, and keep aloof from it in whatever form or, or whatever kind it is. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, and make you pure. This is the promise. There's the command. There's always a promise with the command. The, the command came first, and this is the promise. The God of peace will sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy and consecrated, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete. How many want a sound mind, sound body, sound spirit? That comes through this place of consecration, and it comes through your voice lifting up thanksgiving and praise and having a grateful heart. If we complain, we will remain. If we praise, we will be raised. Amen? Okay, so uh, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Okay, so in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we're instructed to be thankful in everything. The Greek word for uh, that is in every detail or even in the smallest way. How many can think of some small ways? This toilet paper is a good example. Small ways, breath, food, life, small, get, get smaller even. Think, be creative in the areas that you're thankful for. Uh, one expositor has translated to read, in every circumstance, be thankful. That's what I was talking about, in every circumstance. The word thankful is the present imperative active tense of, and this is a Greek word I'm not going to try to say, a compound of you and charis. The word you denotes good or well and always denotes a good inner disposition or a good feeling about something. How many have a good feeling about something all the time? 
We should. We should have a good feeling all the time about how good our God is. And the word charis is the word of the Greek word for grace. And when compounded, the new word paints the picture of one who is grateful that he has an outpouring of the overwhelmingly good feelings about everything. Regardless of what is happening or not happening, he has decided to be thankful. You know what? It's a choice. It's my choice. Can you say that? It's my choice. I will be grateful. I will be thankful. It is my choice. It is not based on your circumstances. It's not based on your feeling. We're not led by our feelings. They assist us being led by the Spirit. If they're subjected to the Spirit, they can assist us. They don't always. But And we talked about that with the ladies. But it is a spiritually powerful and mature thing to give thanks. You are a mature person if you are giving thanks, especially in dire circumstances. It'll change your perspective on life, which will change the outcome of your life. How many can, can witness to that? You've had some things happen in your life, and you thanked God through it. And on the other side, it ended up being a good thing, right? It's a good thing. He always does things well. God always does things well if we do it his way, right? We have to do it his way. So 1 Corinthians 15, 57, y'all good? Man, I'm only halfway through, so I'll have to stop and uh, start back up another time. 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. He makes us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted uh, or to no purpose. So thanks be to God. He gives us the victory. And I know Pastor Steve's talked about that verse a lot. Is there a connection between your thanks and your victory? Absolutely. There is a connection to your thank, your victory through your thanksgiving. If you don't have victory in your life, I would say get your thanksgiving out. Get your mouth moving. Get sans, find some scriptures to base your life on and find out what God says about you. What is he saying about your future? What is he saying about your, your family? What's he saying about your, your finances? And there's, there's whole teachings on all those things we don't have time for. But um, it's important. You have to be thankful. Amen? Um, I'm trying to figure out where I want to stop here. You can be thankful ahead of time. You might be going through something right now, but it, if you'll release your faith in your thanksgiving, there's a spiritual force that'll connect you to your victory. You may not be in the middle of victory, per se, uh, uh, naturally speaking, but there is victory in your future if you'll connect your thanksgiving tongue to what's in front of you. Does that make sense? If you'll say something about what's in front of you, if you'll say, if you'll declare your finish... <laughs> Jesus did. He was on the cross, and he knew what was getting ready to happen to him. And as he's hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. They couldn't take it from him. He had to give it up. So he declared the ending right there on the cross. He said, it is finished. And then he gave it up. So we need to declare our finish right now. What is the victory? What is our victory? We need to declare what is our victory ahead of time. Amen? Amen. All right, let me, let me just say one more thing. A lot of these things that come at us are distractions. Through pain, through confusion, through offense, uh, trying to make sense of things. Um, and it, what it does is it causes us to want to uh, act on it. 
And we need to be careful that we're only acting on the word. So we do that by giving thanks. Amen. And then our thanksgiving will precede our actions. And our actions will follow after. And we'll have victory on the other side. Amen. So I have, I have one thing I'm asking of us for the month of November. We can start tonight. I know this is October. We can start tonight. So I would like for everybody, we've, we've got a table out front. And um, every time you come into the building, I would like for you just to write out a couple of things that you're thankful for. You don't have to put your name on them. But I would like for that wall to be filled with thanksgiving and for us to intentionally, on purpose, be creative with our thanksgiving, with what we're thankful for. Don't just make it generic. Oh, I'm thankful for, you know, God. I'm thankful. I mean, we are thankful for him, but... You know, get creative, get creative about what you, and, and start putting your faith into action. What do you believe in God for? I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Thankful that we have a house full of people. Amen. Thankful that we have souls. People are getting saved. Amen. Amen. We want to see people saved and, and, uh, and restored and their lives changed. And so, amen. Does this help you a little bit?